Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor at New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. And I'm here as always with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder of New Life and the founder of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the great temptations of leadership. And Pete, there are many temptations, great temptations in leadership. Before we get into some of those temptations, um, let me ask you, have you had to wrestle with temptations, Pete, of in leadership? Is that, did it end? Did it ever end? Was there a season? Did it stop? Well, the reason I got out of being lead pastor at New Life so, so I could give the temptations to Rich. I wanted Rich to have the devils. <laughs> oh, God. You passed them on for sure. There's a lot of devils out here. I got different temptations now. So uh, again, I was lead pastor at New Life for 26 years. And I could just tell you, I think there are certain temptations that are unique to lead pastors and pastors on staffs um, that I don't think ever leave you. Right? I think we could break their power. But I felt I struggled mm-hmm. with the temptations that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes my entire tenure as lead pastor at New Life Fellowship. And the minute I, you know, Rich grabbed that mantle. The demons left me at right to him. But then some others came my way. Now I gotta remember there's temptations in the whole Christian life. I have a different, you know, I have a different temptations coming my way now. Um, now the seven deadly sins, you know, pride, gluttony, lust, greed. I mean, they're all, they're always present. I mean, for everybody, I think, at all times. Mm-hmm. And they all have their children, the spawns. But I think there are particular demonic powers that attach themselves or go after weakness and vulnerabilities of pastors, especially lead pastors, uh, and those over large ministries uh, where there's numbers involved that are particularly, what's the word? They're almost identifiable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Matthew 4 being a good uh, framework to look at these temptations. Jesus gets baptized. He comes out of the water. The Father's voice of affirmation comes over him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he goes into the wilderness. And he's there for 40 days fasting, and he's tempted by the evil one. Uh, I like how Nowen has framed it. Nowen uses, um, I forget which book at the moment, but in the name of in, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And there's three words to really capture the temptations. You know, when when the evil one says, turn uh, stone into bread, now one calls that the temptation to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he says, you know, jump down and the angels will catch you, now one calls that the temptation to be spectacular. And then he says, bow down and I'll give you all the kings of the world. Now one says that that is the, t- the temptation to be powerful, to have power. Uh, and so three very real um temptations and a nice way to frame it. The temptation is very similar to that, uh, that come out of your book, Pete, and out of your own thinking and preaching are very similar and yet a little different. But there are three that I want to get your commentary on, temptations that you face, that many leaders face. And uh, let me just list the three, and then we'll unpack them. The first is, I am what I do, we're temp- tempted. You're tempted. So this is really a temptation of identity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I am what I do, I am what I have, and I am what other people think. And so, at the core of it, it's before we get into those specifics. It's really about true self mm-hmm. and false self. Who am I? Which is perhaps the greatest temptation 
of leadership and often of life. Uh, the father speaks the voice of blessing over Jesus, and the evil one is challenging the nature of his identity. So talk a little bit about false self and true self, and then we'll go into the three specific temptations. Yeah, I think the you know, leadership, like few other, uh, what's the word, vocations of a Christian expose us to a level of temptation that otherwise would not be there. In other words, if I if you were just a carpenter, Rich, or you know, a, a person leading a small group, you're working on Wall Street or in finance, it's a different level, different types of temptations are coming your way. But you're in, you're a leader in God's church. It requires and demands a level of depth and spirituality uh, to stand uh, that's not required in other roles. I think that's why Paul has these requirements in First Timothy chapter three about the requirements of an elder. Mm-hmm. And if I was going to put it in contemporary language, part of it is you've got to be grounded in God in a very deep way to be a leader in God's church, yeah. because you're impacting all these sheep. I mean, there's so much at stake, and thus your depth or lack of depth or shallowness has large implications. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, if we're not, if we've not taken the time before God to have our false self stripped away. It's all going to get revealed. It's all going to come out in a in a public way, at least for those around us, and eventually it will become it'll be seen by all, and especially in the final judgment. But that's why being in leadership requires we have an, a, an interior life mm. that has the depth to sustain or enable us to stand in what we're doing. Yeah, and living out of that true self of our identities found in the love of God, and so yes. often we don't live in that true self. We live out of a false self, and these temptations um, lead us along those ways. And so the first one is uh, the great temptation of leadership is I am what I do. I am what I do. Uh, expound on that a little bit. Yeah, and again, Rich, your favorite verse, and I mean, it should be all of our favorite verses, you are my beloved son with you, I'm well pleased. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's the great challenge of being and doing. And the devil comes to Jesus and says, you know, turn these stones to bread. You, know, you are what you do. Do something. And he doesn't do it. He, he remains being, you're, you're lo- I'm loved by the Father, even, you know, even though it looks like he's a loser. And because the devil's saying, if you're really loved by the Father, this would be, this would be you can turn these stones to bread. Do something. Mm-hmm. So I think as, as we consider leadership, the, ch- the challenge is I must always be remaining and abiding in Jesus first. He is my life, not what I do. That is a great temptation because there's so much to do. Mm-hmm. And so I can start my day, spend a, spend a half hour with Jesus, and boom, off and running, do, 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 do for, for 99.5% of the day. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that takes me over. Yeah. And I begin to get an identity of what I'm doing. That's why when the numbers go down, I'm devastated. It's, it's actually an opportunity. It, it's, it's almost like an oil light in the, in, in the car coming on. Yeah. When you find yourself devastated by external things going poorly, uh, versus you know asking what's God saying, not taking it. If you're taking it personal, like you're a loser, you're hearing that voice. That's that's a that's an oil light in the car coming. Yeah. Saying there's some there's some work to be done in your inner soul. Mm-hmm. Not it's not out outer work. It's inner work. Yeah. The second one. So it's I am what I do. Uh, second is, I am what I have. Uh, expound on, yeah. on that temptation. In our case as Christian leaders, it's not possessions as much as uh, size church, size building, numbers of, you know, how much is in the budget. and How we influence people, how much we're influencing people. Yeah, and so it's all, it's all, again, it's externals. 
And so we're measuring ourselves, we're getting a false identity, a sense of self from something external, not from the love of God. And just imagine you're completely, you have nothing, no money, no possessions, no influence, but being content. Mm. You know, no one likes you. You know, you have Job. You're just, you're just but you're, you're okay because you, 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 though he slay me, yet well, I trust them. You know, mm -hmm. I've got this sense of my life is Jesus, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I think of Paul and 2 Corinthians, you know, Philippians 1. He's just, mm. he's got a depth of he is not what he does. He's obviously on the move as an apostle, mm -hmm. but his identity is grounded in a love of Jesus yeah. that enables him to stand uh, mm -hmm. and continue to take risks. Yeah. So I am not I am not what I do, I am not what I have. But the third temptation you say is we believe that I am what other people think. Yeah. And, and that's one we all face. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. You know, you think about, I think in my early days, I, I loved the idea of multi-site. And I think it's still a great idea. But I realized I was driving toward it. And we had, you know, within about the first five, six years, we had, I think, four different sites that we had New Life Fellowships in New York City. And I hated every moment of it, in reality, because I didn't really want to supervise these churches. And I, but I felt like I had to, and I launched it. And I realized, once I got underneath my own surface, that I wanted to be able to come into a pastor's meeting and say, we got four churches. You know what I mean? In, in X number of years. Like I just, even though I actually hate it, so I was all, it was all <laughs> torn. And I, you know, it was so evident to me because I, God didn't build me like that. And I, I really appreciate those of you who are listening who are built like that. I mean, God bless you. It's wonderful. But for me, it wasn't what God had for me. And I was trying to be maybe you who are listening to me. And it was killing me. Mm. And it wasn't coming out of who God uniquely made him to be. And what God had asked me to do, Pete Scazzaro in Queens, New York City. And uh, so it was death to me. Yeah. So I am what I do. I am what I have. I am what other people think. Uh, so the way to mitigate against these temptations, to resist these temptations, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it can happen without a contemplative life, without a prayerful, deep, contemplative life. Um, yes. Would you say that, Pete? Absolutely. I'd say you need two things. One is you need a walk with Je a deep walk with Jesus. Mm. Uh, silence has to be part of your life. I mean, for me, I, gr I when I got into emotional spirituality in 1996, that's when it, I, I think the temptation was the power of the temptation was broken on me. It always was there, yeah. but it was something that really got broke. But then when I entered the contemplative, I mean, really got silence and stillness in my life, then it really got broken. I mean, I, I think it was not a serious struggle. It was always there. There were moments, but it wasn't a serious struggle. I had other struggles uh, for the remaining years. But I also needed community. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to get it going to evangelical, ecclesiastical, pornographic conferences, mm. which is what, as a Eugene Peterson term, ecclesiastical pornography, which is what we peddle in the evangelical church, which is we go to these conferences, get fed these big churches, fast, quick, dynamic, and it's like pornography. We need more of it to get juiced up and excited to work like a maniac. And it's like porn. It's an addiction. And I, I stopped going to those conferences, first of all, and I began to go to monasteries 
because I needed to create community because even at New Life Fellowship, people thought I was crazy initially until we created a culture here at New Life where it, there was support. Mm-hmm. And some of you listening don't have any support. Well, there's support out there. There's a number of excellent ministries supporting pastors out there. And you want to f- tie into that as you build your community into a community that says, no, wait a second, success is doing God's will. Success is becoming who God calls to be. Success is saying, God, what are you saying to us? That's success, yeah, uh, not what other people think. So I think that... But without a contemplative life and some community you build in, it may just be you and your spouse, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think this is possible because the temptations are so enormous mm. uh, that it requires a, a roots going deep in one's soul in God. Yeah, I don't think it's possible any other way. Well, um, Pete, that's all that's the good. time we have that's here. That's great. I think that's Absolutely. a good place to stop. For more information on the contemplative life, on uh, these three temptations, you can check out Pete's book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. You can go on our website, emotionallyhealthy.org. And you can also check out what we're doing over at New Life Fellowship at newlifefellowship.org. Well, Pete, next time, we'll see you. Thank you.